What's up, everybody? This is Jake. This is an initial off-season podcast, just sort of laying the land for you guys for this upcoming off-season for the New York Yankees, giving my predictions, giving some of my insights, and just giving you all the relevant information you need to know about this upcoming off-season for our favorite team, the New York Yankees. I guess to start off, I mean, do I even need to say it? The season ended so brutally, losing to the Houston Astros in six games. In my opinion, it felt worse than 2018. It felt worse than 2017. And I think the reason for that was that our hopes for this team was much more escalated this year than in the previous years. And I say that because our roster was undeniably more talented this year than in the previous two years. I think that that's the truth. You look at 2017, that was sort of the 1996 year up-and-coming surprise team. We made it to Game 7 of the ALCS, and we're proud of ourselves. We pat ourselves on the back. We're going to come back next year. 2018, we obviously go down horrendously, embarrassingly to the Boston Red Sox in our own house. But I think last year, we sort of recognized that Boston was having this very insane, magical season. And although we were disappointed, we saw the rookies, Glaber Torres and Miguel Andujar, um, we saw sort of the team come together under John Carlos Stanton's first year. And 2019 was really the year that we were poised to take over the division, and it was sort of our duty to do so. And obviously we did. We won 103 games. Obviously the season was defined by injuries, um, but... Players like DJ LeMayhew, the upcoming of James Paxton, the next man up mentality of Cameron Mabin, Mike Talkman, Mike Ford, all these guys. The year just seemed so magical. And I think the way it ended with all of our guys coming back healthy, I mean, except for John Carlos Stanton, don't even get me started on him, but the way the season ended, it just felt like we left it all on the table. It felt like we didn't lose because of our supposed weakness, which was pitching. We lost because our hitters were incompetent with runners in scoring position. So that's how last season ended up. Obviously, we don't need to dwell on that too much. It's painful to think back on it. You know, I was I was home um, for my fall break during college and watching the DJ LeMayhew home run with my parents. It was undoubtedly the greatest sports experience sports moment in my life you know i look back on the highlights when i go on youtube to scott brocious and tino martinez and back-to-back nights in the 2001 world series and you just see the stadium just look like it's about to collapse and that's what i was doing in my house pretty much i was jumping all over the place i believe it was around midnight my 12 year old brother was sleeping in his room and I really just couldn't contain myself and I felt like I wanted to run run into a wall I mean we were dead it was 4-2 bottom top of the ninth two outs away from going down in defeat and DJ LeMayhew our savior the one who played 145 games for us this year batted 327 was our most reliable hitter the clutchest hitter on this team and really overall, just the best baseball player that we've had here in a very long time. And he saves us. He ties the game. 4-4, we have hope. We're going to extras, you know. Judge and Glaber go down immediately after. And then, I mean, Altuve, you know. I guess I'll just say that. But the way it ended, the way our season came to a close, it just felt like 
we were meant to do greater things and that didn't happen. So given that we're here, there's nothing we can do about it now. We just got to focus on this offseason. And I think that, you know, obviously pitching didn't cost us in the postseason, but I think the strategy of how we employed our pitching is what cost us the postseason. Not because our bullpen was was incompetent, not because Aaron Boone was over-managing our bullpen. It was just because we didn't have guys to go deep into games, and we didn't have guys to get through the adversity of a playoff start. You know, you take someone like Steven Strasburg or Max Scherzer or Garrett Cole, these guys, although they get into adversity, you trust that they get out of it. And I think that that's one thing that we didn't have this uh, this postseason. You know, Paxton would get into it in the third, and Boone would already get the bullpen running because when Paxton goes down, he spirals out of it. And I think that Boone recognized it, and obviously he was following the analytics, whatever the hell it was telling him to do, whether you agree with it or not. So I think obviously what most Yankee fans are hoping for and what I think the strategy that they should follow is to target a high-end starter to solidify what's already a pretty strong rotation, in my opinion. But you need a couple more dudes, not just a couple more James Paxons or Masahiro Tanakas who show up, but you don't necessarily trust them to get you seven or eight innings while someone like Steven Strasburg and Garrett Cole are evidently capable of doing so. So, obviously, I want Garrett Cole. I want him real bad. I also want Steven Strasburg. These two guys have just showed it in the playoffs. You trust them. You trust them in a big spot. You know that they can get out. You know that they can grind through innings. And these are just guys that you want to be on your baseball team. You know, John Carlos Stanton, obviously, saying to Sports Illustrated that he wants these two guys here. And I think he's right. I mean, why wouldn't you want to play behind guys like these? Just just some fucking dudes who know what to, know what to pitch. So, obviously, the Yankees fans and the Yankees organization, I believe they know what path they need to follow this offseason, and that's acquiring one one to two top-end starters to buff up the rotation so that when it comes October time, because I think every year we're expecting this team to get to at least the ALCS now, we need to have guys who can pitch in these situations. You know, When we're signing these guys to seven years, two million contracts, whatever you want to throw out there. We're purely paying them to pitch in the postseason, okay? We know that this team is capable of making the playoffs. We know that they're capable of sweeping the Minnesota Twins or the Cleveland Indians or whoever you want to throw at us in the ALDS. But we need to get over the hump of facing the Astros, of facing the Red Sox, of facing these teams who we're going to face every year in the ALCS for the years to come. And we need the top-end starters to get us to the World Series. Because let's be honest, in the World Series and in the ALCS, you you saw what great starting pitching does for a team. And that's really how the World Series was defined, and that's what made it awesome. So I think Yankees fans obviously want us to see the team acquire Garrett Cole, Steven Strasburg, maybe Madison Bumgarner. But I think the top dog, the crown jewel of this free agency offseason is of course Garrett Cole and I think the Yankees should throw everything at him will Brian Cashman do it is the Steinbrenner family willing to open the bank I don't know you know I really hope they do I think after George sort of I mean obviously he passed away unfortunately and I think that his children haven't followed in exactly the footsteps that he 
left with the organization in terms of his aggressiveness in pursuing whichever player is best for the organization. Now, pitching aside, there are obviously other uh, priorities that the Yankees need to address, other looming and lingering issues on their roster. And let's start with the outfield. I mean, Aaron Hicks is going to be gone. Uh, you know, Tommy John surgery is going to be out for, you know, at least uh, half the year. So I'm going to need someone to man center field. Brett Gardner is a free agent. He's been with us for years. I don't know if the Yankees want to keep him. He was one of the most durable players for us this year. Started over 140 games. One of the most durable and reliable players on this team. And he just had an insane year. I mean, are you kidding me? 28 home runs from Brett Gardner. Are you freaking kidding me? That was insane. Um so obviously Brett Gardner is an option that the Yankees will look into. Mike Talkman, the emergence of him, we'll see if his heel uh you know, if 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 he'll be ready in the upcoming months, I imagine that he would, given that he was in talks to come back for the playoffs. So Mike Talkman's an obvious option in center field, and I really like Talkman. You know, he came on as a hitter. He's a nice he's a nice left handed bat in that lineup and he's a really good defender. So it's just about whether or not he can fulfill the role of center field and whether he has a strong enough arm and if he can cover as much ground as we would expect from a center fielder and that we know that Brett Gardner and Aaron Hicks are capable of doing so. Mike Talkman is an obvious issue. We got to know what the hell we have with Clint Frazier. I mean, who the hell is Clint Frazier? Is he someone that we can depend on in the lineup because his average wasn't that good last year? He didn't produce that much. Obviously, <laughs> do we even need to mention his defense? I mean, come on. Come on. So... Clint Frazier, um, we got to evaluate him, see what he's about, maybe see if any teams would want him for potential arm or um, just some other complimentary pieces for this roster. And obviously, I think the biggest non-pitcher um, move that the Yankees need to decide on is D.D. Gregorius, the sir, the knight, the knighted one. He's been with us for this whole I would say new generation of players, you know, the Aaron Judges, Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird. When, when we describe all these players, Dieter Gregorius is right there. I mean, he's part of this new generation of Yankees. No, he's not homegrown per se. He was part of the Arizona Diamondbacks. He's already 29 years old. So Dieter Gregorius isn't, actually, I think he's, he may be 30 years old. But, you know, so obviously Dieter Gregorius isn't a baby bomber. He never was really a baby bomber. But he was always a leader on this team. Everyone loved him. He was a very likable guy. He's great for the clubhouse. He's great for social media. So Diego Gregorius is one of those guys that I think that the Yankees need to, you know, at least talk to. I mean, yes, we have Gleyber Torres. Yes, we have DJ LeMahieu, who's a natural second baseman. And, you know, he he may be more comfortable there going forward instead of full-time at first base. But they they have a big decision to make. Um, and I think Dede Gregorius is going to test the waters, see what his value is in free agency. But <clears throat> I really I really can't imagine the Yankees just totally ghosting him and not at least offering him something um, for him to remain on this team. Obviously, the idealistic Yankees fans would ask for Francisco Lindor. I don't know what his price would be. I know it would be insanely high. But Lindor's a winner. I mean, dude's really fucking good. So we'll see. Frankie Lindor's an option. Um, but I really think that Didi Gregorius, as a leader of this team, as a member of this core group of Yankees, 
I really think that he um, would be the best move for the Yankees to retain next year. Now, third base, Miguel Andujar's coming back. I mean, did we forget about him? Does everyone remember Miguel Andujar? You know, seemed like he hit a double every at-bat two years ago in 2018. So, obviously, Gio Urshela filled in nice for him. Uh, he batted 314. He was very productive, played 130 games at third base. So, Gio Urshela was a very dependable guy for us this year, and he deserves to compete for that spot. Will he get it? Well, I think that depends on whether Gio Urshela can be the same player he was last year. You know, Gio Urshela before last year was a subpar hitter, always was a great defender, but never could find it at the plate. I think most Yankees know that. Most Yankees fans know that. So, and we know it's the opposite for Miguel and Duhar. You know, he was a very productive hitter two years ago, doubles machine, um, very natural swing, very fun to watch, but he makes you scratch your head at third base. He makes you go crazy when you see him there. You know, I remember in the playoffs, his throws, you know, whenever he made a throw, you held your breath because you never knew what kind of defense you would get out of Miguel and Duhar. So it's a big question at third base for the Yankees. What are they going to do between Gio Yoshella and Miguel and Duhar? And you know what? If one guy's got to ride the bench, it's not a bad option. It's not a bad option at all. Um, and, you know, maybe they have different ideas of what to do with Andujar I know that there were talks of converting him to first base so it's all about what the Yankees developmental staff sees out of him and what they view his future with this team will be because Miguel Andujar's future is with the New York Yankees that I believe I do not think that the Yankees would ship Miguel Andujar because of one productive year of Gio Urshel I, I really don't think that they would do that so Miguel Andujar coming back off the I.L. Coming back after that brutal shoulder injury after sliding back to third base in April. Couldn't believe that when that happened. I think that was one of the first injuries that occurred. Um, and after that, it was just, you know, a free fall. So, Miguel Duhar is a big question. So, we'll see what happens with that. Sliding over to first base on the other side of the diamond. I mean... If we retain Glaber Torres, I mean, sorry, if we retain Glaber Torres, if we retain Didi Gregorius and um, obviously employ Urshela and Duhar at third, you know, DJ's seems like he has a very solid spot at first base. Seems like he performed really well, especially in the postseason. He was insane there at first base. Great defense. Obviously, he's going to be in the lineup every day. So I think DJ could be a viable option at first base. I think that. You know, Yankee fans have seen the up and down of Luke Voigt. Um, you know, obviously, the Yankee fans shouldn't give up on Luke Voigt, but I think that with the current configuration of our infield, I really don't think that Luke Voigt has a spot in this lineup, in the starting lineup, you know, opening day next season, unless the Yankees decide not to go after D.A. Gregorius. Um, and, you know, I think an interesting battle would be for the backup first base job in spring training between Luke Voigt, Mike Ford, and Greg Bird. Greg Bird went down to the Dominican Republic, did some training there, he hit like 125, I believe. So, you know, Greg Bird used to be the first baseman. Now he's not. He could be the third string. He could be the fourth first baseman competing for the job. Um, you know, I really liked what I saw out of Mike Ford last year. Um, you know, the pride of Princeton, he hit 259. Uh, you know, he, uh, he had... 
he had 12 home runs in 50 games. So a very powerful, very high potential player in Mike Ford. And I think he deserves a chance. I mean, the way he performed last year, arguably many people wanted him on the roster over um, Tyler Wade. There is a discussion there. So, you know, Mike Ford, very viable option. Um, see what the Yankees want to do at first base. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of the breakdown of the roster for the Yankees' questions going forward. Um, <clears throat> I think that in, in terms of my offseason predictions, in terms of my offseason predictions, I think the Yankees bring back Brett Gardner on a one-year deal. Um, I don't think they re-sign Cameron Mabin. I think they let him go. They just have too many options in the outfield. They don't really need him. Um, in terms of third base, I think Miguel and Duhar starts. Uh, Gio, Gio Rochelle is retained as a bench player, backup, third base replacement. Um First base, I think DJ rides there. I think that they re-signed Didi to a t- to a team-friendly deal where Didi gets to stay with his team, and um, you know for for good value. I hope the Yankees sign two pitchers. I'm not gonna say they're gonna sign Cole because I don't know. I mean, Cole has has West Coast roots. I know CC was from the West Coast and joined here, so he was saying, oh, you know, it's about the money. But I hope they sign Cole. I hope they sign Cole and someone else. Because, you know, I think that Bumgarner and Strasburg are good pitchers, and I would be happy if we signed either one of them. But I really feel that, they would, that they're would that they complementary to an ace almost. You know, uh, Strasburg was complementary to Scherzer. Um, Mad Bum's getting up there in age where, you know, he's an ace, but he isn't the Mad the Madison Bumgarner of 2014 or 2015. So um, I think that the Yankees go after and get a pitcher. I don't know who. I'm hoping it's Garrett Cole, but we'll see what they do because come next season, the Yankees need to have a fortified pitching staff, one through five. You know, I'm envisioning something like Cole, Paxton, Tanaka, Severino, and, uh, you know, Strasburg, whatever, okay? I know we have guys, um, you know, Montgomery's back. I know we have... um, you know, Debbie Garcia floating around in AAA. So we'll see if he gets his chance this year. But if we can sign one or two big-name guys, I think we're going to have a very deep open. And, you know, like I mentioned before, these signings are solely for the postseason. Are they going to get us 15 to 20 wins in the regular season? Of course they will. Of course. But Yankees fans will be watching next year. We're going to be enjoying every baseball game, no doubt. We're going to be watching the sign-up score a shit ton of runs. Hopefully we see our pitching lockdown hitters all year. But Yankee fans will not be satisfied until we advance to the World Series and we win a pennant. Because that's what this this has been a three year buildup for the Yankees to overtake the rest of the American League and finally get over the hump and go to the World Series. They haven't made it they didn't make a World Series for the first decade in their history. And I think the time is is soon. I mean, you can arguably question that, yes, Aaron Boone has had back-to-back 100-win seasons, but he hasn't been able to go over the hump. So if if we don't make it next year, people are going to question whether or not Aaron Boone is is made right for this. If he has the po- if he has the potential to be the guy to bring us over the hump because you cannot argue that this roster was not talented enough to make it to the World Series. It's a it's an irrational argument. This roster is 
was definitely capable last year and will definitely be capable next year of making it to the World Series. And if it's not done, Boone could definitely and I think justifiably get the blame for it. So a lot will be riding on next year. This is just a first first podcast, getting my thoughts out there for this offseason, deconstructing the decisions that the Yankees are going to have to make. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hopefully will be bringing more out soon. And, um, you know, I'll be making podcasts as the updates flow out of free agency and hoping Yankees will make some good moves. So thank you guys for listening and uh, catch you guys next time.